history made here in the Silverdome. Ladies and gentlemen, three. the winner of this contest and new intercontinental champion, Ricky the Dragon. Yes, sir, we promised you a great man event here tonight. professional wrestling um and it's a a tough week in professional wrestling yes it is um let me start out real quick just by getting this out of the way if you're looking to get ready for the nfl draft make sure you check out adam schefter's podcast you can find it wherever you find your espn podcast obviously he's getting you ready for the nfl draft and shout out to espn this sunday nine o'clock we have the big last dance the michael jordan and the bulls documentary that everyone here is very excited about so that's a positive thing but SGG, um, pretty hard to do an episode this week and not just have it be um, somber. Um, yeah, that's the exact word I was thinking about. And uh, say goodbye to someone who was incredibly important to the WWE Universe and all wrestling fans. And then also, you know, maybe not not goodbye, but say happy trails. Um too many people who uh, did not make it through as an employee this week. So, so it was a weird week, SGG, and I don't really know that there was a major wrestling thing to talk about anyway from any of the shows. Um, I don't know. I didn't see NXT or AEW this week. Um, but anyways, let's be honest. No one really cares about that this week. Everyone cares about right. the state of the world, the state of professional wrestling. Um, so... Let's start off um, by saying goodbye to Howard Finkel, who passed away at 69 years old. Of course, if you're a huge wrestling fan, like the kind of people who are listening to us right now, and we're grateful to have you, you know that he is WWF employee 001, um, Vince McMahon's first employee with the company. Um, He was hired by Vince's father, too, so he, he goes back even before that. Yeah, so so I guess he was hired at some point by the WWF, um, by uh, Vincent K, and and then Vincent J. Am I backwards? I went backwards. Yeah, you are backwards. Sorry, it's- he was hired originally by Vincent J. McMahon, and then VKM Vincent K. McMahon made him the first official employee when the company was his um going back to 1979 he was there though so i mean howard finkel had an amazing run and 
He had not been super well the last couple of years. I did not know him well. I, I had, um, you know, a few moments with him, but I only heard the best things about him. Um, maybe we'll call up Zach. Yeah. Should we call Zach and get a few words? I think we should. Cause I know Linda knew him, loved him. Cause, cause so, so when, when Howard was kind of moved off of TV, they moved him to dot com. Yep. And, and as everybody knows who's ever talked to Zach Linder for more than 30 seconds, he also worked at dot com. And he resigned. He was not fired. We need to put that out there. And he resigned. All right, SGG, I was able to get him on the line all the way from Brooklyn, New York, where he's wearing glasses, growing his beard back, and maybe drinking an IPA at 10 a.m. Uh, we have Zach Linder on the line. Yeah, it's the perfect person to get to talk about Howard Finkel, too. You know, just besides him being a friend of the Fink, I know they were they were lifelong loyal Mets fans together. They worked together. Um, they knew each other from .com, so I'm you know, first I want to offer Zach my condolences. I know he lost a friend and then just let him talk to the Cheap Heat universe about, you know, the Fink and their relationship and, you know. Tell us some Fink stories. Tell us some Fink stories, Zach. Oh, my God. I mean, anything I say, you know, people haven't, you know, people have already seen on Twitter and all over social media. But when people say that he was um, uh, really one of the kindest guys, it was really, really true. You know, I, I worked with Fink for all, all four years that I was at WWE. Um, is it true you time, worked at, is it true you worked at dot com, by the way? It's true, as did, as did the Fink. Um, what was, time, what was his been, role, by the way, at dot com? Yeah. You know, that's hard to kind of define. I don't know what his title was exactly. He was kind of our mascot, I guess you could say. Um, but when I, when I joined dot com, um, the website had just gone under a big redesign. And they had formed this new section called WWE Classics. And um, Howard was assigned to the Classics team. And the Classics team was um, uh, really four editors and writers um, and Howard. And we would put together all of the content on the website that had to do with old wrestling, which was kind of a dream job. And uh, who better than Howard to assist with that kind of assignment? So um, I, I have all kinds of Howard stories. Uh, for, with WWE Classics in particular, we would hold these um, uh, morning meetings. And we would literally just talk about old wrestling and talk about how they could fit into features on the website. And we had this run. We had this running joke that, so we, we would pitch ideas, right? And, oh, let's do the top 50 tag teams. Let's do um, the, the the top 10 forgotten ECW guys or something like that. Right. And Howard would pitch the same feature every week as if it was the first time he was pitching. <laughs> what was it? You know, gentlemen, um, there have been so many great talk shows throughout the years in WWE. Uh, what if we talked about all of the old talk shows that have been, been long forgotten? The Flower Shop, The Body Shop, Black Jack's Barbecue. And he would say it with the same, those, those three examples in the same order and cadence nearly every week. And it became such a running joke that me and some of my buddies from WWE would, you know, we'd just walk over to each other's desks and say, the flower shop. And, <laughs> and in, a, in a way, it was poking fun at things, but um, we were never fully poking fun because we really did love him so much. 
I remember once there was a story for .com that we were having a really tough time cracking. Um, and it was how to do a feature about the most underrated wrestlers. And that's a tough feature to do because you don't want to offend guys by calling them underrated. Um, and, and, and what criteria are you using to define whether or not they're underrated? Um, so we were just kind of talking about it and well, which guys could we include? And we weren't really coming up with the right kind of guy to feature in the piece. And who do we include as like the most underrated guy? And Howard had the, had the answer as he always did. And he chimed in, gentlemen, uh, may I propose Bam Bam Bigelow? The man was a giant. He moved like a gazelle. <laughs> and, 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 and he would really just, I mean, people talk about how he would speak in his announcing voice, but it was totally true. Um, and uh, we, as soon as he said Bigelow, we all kind of like looked at each other. We were like, yeah, like that's, that's who we feature in a piece about underrated wrestlers. And I remember uh, my buddy Ryan Murphy kind of pointing at Howard and kind of nodding his head and going, Howard speaks the truth. Uh, about Bam Bam. Tell me this. Um, can you tell me this about Howard? Um, everyone speaks about how kind he is, and and that obviously should never be uh, understated. You know, you talked about uh, on on Twitter. You said a really nice thing. Uh, you're, he was the first. Uh, he was on your first elevator ride when you, on your first day, and the last hug when you left. Um, totally true. But let's. Yeah. But tell me about the fan that he was, because you know Jim Ross in his Twitter tribute. You know, said he was the biggest fan of professional wrestling he'd ever met. His knowledge, I know, was like limitless and went to all different territories and federations. What can you say about Howard Finkel, the knowledgeable wrestling fan? Oh, man, he was as nerdy of a wrestling fan as any of us, uh, if not more. Uh, in, in fact, definitely more. He just loved talking wrestling. He loved watching wrestling. Um, I mean, he, he devoted his life to, to working for this company. I mean, he gave up his life very early on to be this announcer and then just kind of continued working for the company even after they, uh, they, they moved him off television, which is a real testament to how much he loved the business and he would do anything to stay involved, even in essentially a mascot role for the website or just pitching in on the website however he could. I think mascot really doesn't give him enough credit. I regret saying that now, but um, yeah, well, no, I, but we, I know what you mean, though, I, and I, I know you're not trying yeah. to say that he was, uh, you know, a, a, a character jumping up and down, but that he was sort of the perfect person to have around because of the energy and knowledge and what the website was about at that point, which was so much about history. I can see why yeah. he was the perfect fit there. Now, was what did he have? Did he ever express any regret about sort of being pushed off of TV when he was, or did he appear? You know. It's it's a it's a two sided coin with with uh, the McMahons right with Vince that he will you know send you off to pasture in a certain sense but with the people who have been there whether it's Harvey Whippleman or the Fink they have a paycheck for life so was he bummed out about not being on TV or did he seem happy that he still was always employed by WWE in some way. No, he. I think he was bummed out. He. I mean, yes, he was happy to to be employed by the company. He would do anything to to work for that company. And I think what you say about Vince being loyal to his guys is totally true. And I think none more loyal um, uh, than to Howard. Um, for some reason, he. I guess because he was the first employee, 
um, and was there with Vince from the beginning. There was maybe an extra special sense of loyalty there. And he would, there were periods when he was not announcing that he was kind of moved from department to department. He worked in talent relations for a long time too. There are a lot of stories out there about how he would call up guys from developmental and tell them, well, you're coming up on the road. Here is your travel, you know? Um, so he, he did a lot of jobs. Um, but yeah, I do think he was bummed out. Um, you know, his big thing was, and he talked about this a lot in the office, he had the real WrestleMania streak, even before the Undertaker's streak was broken. Um, and he, and he liked to compare himself to the Undertaker's streak because he appeared at every WrestleMania up until a certain point when his health would not allow it. And his role became, um, announcing the Hall of Famers when they would step onto the stage, um, every year at WrestleMania. And there was one year where he hadn't, it was getting pretty close to Mania and he hadn't gotten the call about whether or not he was going to do that. And he would, you know, he would, commiserate you know we'd come over to our desks and kind of kibitz with us a little bit and uh and and be concerned that oh i don't know if i'm going to go this year you know i don't know if the streak is going to be broken um but uh then he would go and he would come back and he would brag about how he has the real uh wrestlemania streak um up until a certain one recently i forget which one it was before he did several years ago but he stopped doing it at some point. Yeah, no, I think it was in the time since I was there uh that it stopped. Um and I still would see him around. Oh, you worked for WWE? I hadn't I hadn't yes. seen any uh recent media releases about that. <laughs> um so um real quick though with regard to WrestleMania, did he often tell the story of him coming up with the name WrestleMania? He didn't talk about that story a lot. I've heard that. Um That's what's uh, out there. I, I don't I don't have a yeah, I, I think it's in the, the story of WrestleMania documentary, but, um, I, I don't, I don't know a ton about that, to be honest. Wow, that's interesting that it's, that it's said about him, but it's not something he regularly, uh, talked about. Well, listen, Zach, I just want to- He probably bragged about it at some point. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he was very proud of his accomplishments in the business, and he would, and he would often talk about certain memories he had, and, um, uh, certain, um, uh, uh, I, I don't know cer- certain stories in the business that uh, um, that he played a certain role in, um, but um, uh, so I'm sure he bragged about it at one point or another. But I just I don't remember him doing it. Hey Zach, um, thanks for making time for us. This was great. Oh no, thank, thanks for having me. Thanks for letting me talk about my friend Howard. Um, he was a really really incredible guy. Appreciate it, Zach. Take care, bud. Bye-bye. Later, Zach. There he is. That is. Uh... That is Zach Linder. Great job um, getting to help us sort of reminisce on the fink. But SGG, I mean, I, I didn't. I don't want to. I didn't want to undersell how important you know his role was, and you don't necessarily always appreciate how important people are, and then they're gone. You're like, man, like I, I saw the mainstream coverage. You know, Fink, I, I know, listen, it's a downtime in sports, don't get me wrong, but it made the top headlines on ESPN, it was on CNN, it was um, it was everywhere. Yeah, I mean, as it should be too, man, like, he, you know, that this, it's funny, when Oakland passed and then when Bobby Heenan passed, you know, the voice of the generation got thrown around, and they represent the same generation, but I mean, listen, man, those, they, they provide the soundtrack, you know, you had... Oakland on the interviews, Heenan on commentary, and Howard Finkel doing the, the ring announcing, and there's those three. Yeah, I was a little heartbroken. I was watching old school. I was watching an old school the other day, 
um, which is my some of my favorite stuff on the network. And it was a garden show, and the commentary team was Gorilla, Mean Gene, Lord Alfred Hayes, and then Fink on ring announcing. And, uh, yeah, they're all gone, man. And, you know, some of them, you know, Al- Alfred died pretty young. Um, yeah. So did Gene, relatively. So did Fink. I mean, you know, and, and, and with Howard Finkel, it's just one of those things, you know, some people just aren't the, the, uh, they get older and they just run into health problems. You know, obviously his wasn't an issue of being a wrestler. Um, Lord Alfred Hayes had been a wrestler for a long time. Um, you know, but, um, all of them died relatively young. A gene was what in his early seventies or something? Mid seventies. Yes. I mean, none of them were very old. Um, so I even, even think I remember looking and thinking like 69, man, that's like 69 these days. That's, that's, I mean, let's just be honest. I'm, I'm not trying to be dark about this, but 69 is not a great number to get to. I mean, you know, I think these days, if you, if you've done okay and, and you have the resources, I don't know. It feels like people, you know, kind of expect to get to 80, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and so it's a bummer. 70th was right there too in June. So it's a real, it's, it's, it's really sad, man. And, and, and I'll, and I'll also say this about the Fink. Um, all due respect to those who have come since. Uh, most notably, you, you have Tony Chimmel, you have Lillian Garcia, of course, you have Justin Roberts, you have, uh, Greg Hamilton and Mike Rome, you have Jojo Offerman. Um, a lot of people have done the job. They have never found their fink again. Right. Not quite, you know, and, and Lillian's great and does a lot of things well. She's a jack of all trades. She's just a wonderful, glowing human being to have around. Um, and I, I really enjoy the work of all those people in different ways, but no one has become, you know, the fink was there, Michael Buffer, you know, and I have mixed feelings on his work, but Bruce Buffer has clearly become that of UFC. UFC, yeah. You know, I, I think his physical theatrics are effing annoying, but hey, he, he is that guy. He's um, also like dealing with a sibling rivalry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's a lot there. So he's got, he's got to do something different. But yeah, you know, as even though they've had other people who did it for a long time, no one has been what he was. The absolute tried and true. I mean, that's, I thought maybe it was going to be Justin Roberts, um, but it's not. And I think Justin Roberts does a great job. I heard that he thought I had that there was heat with us. I don't even know where it came from. Do you ever remember yeah, that? No. The only the only issue I have with Justin Roberts is I I don't like his. It's my only problem. <laughs> maybe that's it. There's I don't know. there's too much zhuzh on his on the name John. Whether it's Moxley or Cena, he's always done a little too much with the yeah. But that you know that's a stylistic issue. I think Justin does a, does a really nice job. Um, so, anyways, the Fink was great. R.I.P. to the Fink. I mean, I'll tell you what. There may be no bigger chill moment in life for me 
than the Ricky the Dragon steamboat and new. And honestly, that and new was a mm-hmm. lot of, it was the best part of every one of those shocking title changes. Yep. Everybody. You Even know? like when he said, Brett Hitman. <laughs> All of it. I mean, it was, he had so much great stuff. Um, anyways, uh, so rest in peace to Howard Finkel. Now, that was on Thursday. Um, but on Wednesday, the WWE, uh, world and really WWE, the company was, yeah. was reeling from these cuts. Um, furloughs, releases, etc. Um, and I guess I just want to say, before we get into the, the nitty gritty and the specifics SGG of, and if you in, I'll let you, um, if you don't mind, you can run over the names, the public names that we know of. Um, I just want to say that I, I had weird feelings about it all day. Um, to know that I just came back and, um, to know that I was okay and that it, I was going to stick around, um, I, I I have weird feelings about it. I'm obviously incredibly grateful. You know, I, I my experience of not being sort of uh, being there and not really understanding, you know, why was really hard. So I I I sympathize and empathize greatly with everyone, even though I I can't empathize with a a wrestler with someone who put in the years of of work on their body. I just I can't I can't pretend to know that experience, but I, I just feel weird because it's it's very I'm incredibly grateful, but to think that I and I and I also understand that you know there are financial reasons here that make everyone's situation different, but regardless, you know to know that I am still able to be there and 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 Zach Ryder and Kurt Hawkins aren't, yeah, you know with the with the lifetime dream that they had and that they accomplished and what they've given. Um, it's weird. Does that make sense? I feel like a little guilty and strange about it. Just even it still. does, it does. Because I mean, it, it it would make sense in any industry, right? Like these longtime employees, Mike Kyoto. Yeah, that's the one. That's crazy. Like thirty years. You know, and and, and like I said, SGG. I am sure all these people, you know, I'm sure there's financial pieces we don't understand, right? You know, I, we don't know what everyone's salary is and, and why things happen the way they do. So I'm not questioning right. things. I, I think that it, it is what it is. I get it. I'm just saying I, I simultaneously sort of exhaled when I knew that I was all right and then also went, well, this just sucks. There are just people who deserve this job and, and certainly have done more to deserve being here than a lot of other people, myself included. And um, and so it makes you feel um, strange, but yeah. So let's go over this list of names and 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 maybe spend a little time talking about uh, a bunch of them. Yeah, it's a it's a long list. Yeah. Um, so we have Drake Maverick, mm-hmm. Kurt Hawkins, and Zack Ryder, who you mentioned. Um, Carl Anderson, Luke Gallows, EC3. Eric Young, Leo Rush, uh, Kurt Angle, Heath Slater, mm. Aiden English, Sarah Logan, uh, Mike Chioda, who you also mentioned, um, Eric Rowan, 
No Way Jose, Diana Parazzo, um, Primo and Epico, and Rusev. Oh, and man. that doesn't even get into like the, you know, the writers, the backstage personnel, producers that we may not know of. Oh, um, and, I know Hur- oh, Hurricane yeah. Helms, Lance Storm, yep. are among some producers and agents who were released. Or, they, yeah, there or, were more than that. There were a bunch more than that too. Um, notables, notable people who are producers also. So. And the, and then there are people who who didn't announce it themselves and who it, it just probably didn't make it to the websites um, that are out there. Yeah. And I think and 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 some places said that more were coming. Um, up, that's up the part until that's today. like. That's the part. So I, I don't want to spend too long on this part because um, I want to talk about the people. Um, but obviously, there are a lot of people crushing WWE for this. Um, and saying, why is this, why is this what the solution is? And, so, you know, aren't there big salaries that probably could have been cut and, and, right. and things like that? And listen, I, I get that questioning, right? I, I certainly do. Um, at all my jobs right now, I'm seeing what the companies are doing and what they're asking and who's affected and who's not and how fair I determine that to be in each case. And I certainly understand why anyone has those um, those feelings. I just um, the the gut reaction to instantly villainize. While I get it, you know, and I had this argument offline with Brian Mann, you know, constant critic. Um, listen, WWE took a bath on WrestleMania. Um. In the range I read of what fourteen to eighteen million dollars lost that day. That that's and, ju- and that's listen, just that day. That's just that. Day. We get called shells too, right? Because I understand how people can view it and want to say, you know, they have this much in profits, and you know, I, I'm not an economist and I haven't seen their balance sheet, so I don't know what the pockets are looking like over at WWE and what drove these decisions like I'm not making excuses for it but I'm just saying I I can only offer so much in analysis without fully seeing like what the operating expenses are what they were expecting what they're losing on these contracts that they've already signed I really I, I have no idea I don't think anyone does no, I I just don't know enough about it. Listen, let let's just be real before everyone gets sick and mad at me. I'm obviously in a biased position. This is a situation where I am blatantly biased. I will be completely honest. I am in a position where I feel obligated to and would with a company that I work with defend that company. That is who I am. Call it whatever you want. But the three businesses that I work for and and, and when I'm in business with another one it, it would be the same with that if I if I have long term business with them. I'd probably feel the same way about Complex, right? A place that I've worked with. Like I will naturally lean towards. Let me find a defense of them because I've had a, a generally good relationship and because I'm in their employ. So I admit my bias here, but I also admit that I don't know enough about this and that I know, you know, for example, have I have I paid the woman who cleans my apartment every few weeks? She's awesome. 
Have I reached out and randomly given her money since um, this has started? No, I haven't. Actually, I, I think I will. That's a good idea. <laughs> yeah, I think you have to now. I think I have to. I, but I don't think she has Venmo. I always pay her cash. But whatever. We'll figure it out. But my point is there are a lot of people listening right now who are probably condemning WWE, and they haven't done that same thing. They haven't continued to go out and pay the people they normally pay to do things who aren't able to do their jobs. And Shoemaker pointed this out on our group text, so I want to give him credit for it. But if you look at a lot of the names on that list, not all, but a lot, you see a lot of names that were valuable to their live show business. And where is that live show business going to be over the next year? And should they continue to pay people who they cannot utilize? Um, and by the way, let's be clear. A lot of these people will come back. They will. A lot of people will come back. Um, but I, no matter what, you have every right to feel however way you want about it. I'm not sitting here and telling, screaming at people for feeling the way they feel. And I hope that you would do the same towards me. I, I, it sucks. It, it's, it feels nothing but terrible uh, when I found out. And watching the names roll in was an awful experience for everyone. I, I really, I mean, it's interesting because the person who, from a talent standpoint, I might have been bummed out the most by was Drake Maverick. And then Drake released that video, that really emotional crying video about it. Yeah. And, and, and it was absolutely heartbreaking. It was absolutely heartbreaking to watch because he is such a good dude and so talented, in my opinion, SGG. I think they'd only scratch the surface with what he was capable of. You know, I, I think his character was so fun, you know, and yeah, they used him a lot with the 24-7 title, and that was fun, but there was more to be done with him. I could have seen him being an awesome heel, you know, I, I could have seen, he he's a guy who can take bumps, so you can do so much with him, and he's small, he's got the accent, he's funny, he's got timing, you know, and, and I had this awesome moment with him um, at his first WrestleMania. When he, I, I remember I barely knew who he was because at the time I wasn't watching TNA. And he had gotten the job really recently and become the GM of Cruiserweights, um, of 205 Live. And, and he had like just started and I barely had seen him on TV. I just, I just met him as a guy at work. And I was out there at Mania hanging out before the show sort of walking around and you know in the hours before mania when you're working you know you're killing time and 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 while waiting for rehearsal and stuff you know a lot of time you're just walking in kind of in circles i mean kind of walking around doing whatever and we were both out by the ring around the same time and he came up and introduced himself and he was so nice and friendly and he just could not believe he was there he was just like he he was so flabbergasted to be at wrestlemania so when I saw those tears in the video that he posted, all I could think about was the absolute joy that he had to be at WrestleMania as an employee for the first time. And you realize that that's the one thing that everyone there has in common. Not everyone, I guess. You know, there are some people it wasn't their life dream. Like there are some broadcasters who they're good at it and they enjoy it. But it wasn't a life dream, right? It was a job they got. But for those of us who it was a dream for, whether you're a worker or a broadcaster or whatever, there is a bond there of like, we're among the ones who get to do this. And it's amazing. And say whatever you will about 
every piece of this business, you know, it's just unbelievable. And Drake Maverick was so happy. So I am so bummed for him. But I will tell you this, he has not hit his ceiling yet. It'll either be back with WWE, it'll be with AEW, it'll be some other sort of role in entertainment, but I feel very strongly about that guy's talent um, and where he's going to go. Um, so it's going to take time, and and that's and there are a ton of people on that list. I mean, listen, there are the obvious ones, right? Like, Greg, is there any chance that AEW don't snatch up Gallows and Anderson? Yeah, that's the thing, though, right? Like, they should. If, they, if they're in the position to, they should. But that's the thing that sort of scares me, right? I don't know how much of this is like COVID related and what other companies are feeling this pinch or, right. or how. Cause I mean. And so they I can't. Would, although, like, although, uh, although those pockets, the pockets at AEW are very deep and I believe, and their costs are much lower. You know, they're not touring the same way WWE is. They're not losing the same kind of money from losing touring WWE is. No, but. Uh, I mean, you know, but they're losing ja- they're losing Jaguars money, right? The cons are losing like different yeah, cons of money. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so I don't know how much you know. The pockets are very deep, but you know when they're losing different cons of money, like and I listen, don't know how much they even have to dig into. So you're right, and, and to that point, it's sad because these these people who would normally get scooped up in a second may not get scooped up because of that. But my point is, if we go through that list, there's a good, I would assume. Five to ten of those names that will end up somewhere else soon. Listen, um, if you go if you go through that list, right, and you, let's just say that you know AEW is I won't say they're not affected because that's just unrealistic, but they're not not as affected or you know they they're able to pick up a handful of these guys. Five that you five or six that you take right away. You take Mike and Maria. You take Zack Ryder. You take Gallows and Anderson. And you take Rusev and Leo Rush right away, and you throw them on TV. It's a lot of people, though. You know, it like, is. It's a, that's the thing. Also, you have to be mindful of is like you know AEW has limited time on television too. So, and Leo Rush, Leo Rush is another one who's so talented. Um, and I was really glad he went back and had the run that he just had, and I think that'll be very helpful for him down the line. Uh, I'm a little surprised. That he was on this list, um, same, because it seemed like he'd been utilized a lot recently. Um, but he is incredibly talented. You know, listen, he's got a young family, a couple of kids, and a wife, as as a lot of these people do. Um, so I, I certainly feel for him, but I really have faith in him too. Um, I have a lot of faith in him just because I know too that like he is a guy who is very talented and I don't just mean that in the ring and like even if he never had to wrestle again he'll find a way to to secure some type of bag to make sure his family's all right how many how like many he, how many NXT names were there total um just Leo and Deanna Parazzo what what was happening with Deanna Parazzo did she did she just stall did they did it ever really get going well, she was just on Raw, right? And so, you know, I, I wouldn't say if I, I've called it stalling, but, you know, in NXT, people get signed and it's like this slow burn until you hit takeovers and then you're there right. every week in these prominent roles. And I just think that, like, she hadn't gotten her time she, yet. Yeah, she didn't get, she didn't get up 
up there yet. Um, which she would have. I don't. I don't see why she wouldn't have. But she just. She just didn't yet. Um, and that's someone too who you could see coming back um, or popping up somewhere else. Although the tweet that she put up made it seem like she was kind of done. I don't know if you read I it. No, I didn't see it. Yeah, Deanna Parazzo's tweet was kind of. Let me sh- let me pull it up for you. It was. Um, I don't know. This the tone of it was. I hope not. We'll see, though. Because, again, like you said, she's someone who I can see coming back. Yeah, and people will have different emotions, obviously, you know, from the beginning to the end. But, man, Ryder and Hawkins is tough. Slater is tough. I mean, these are guys, all of them, who did everything there is to do. And, you know, and don't get me wrong. they And they had heights, too. They They all had moments. You know, Ryder and Hawkins had plenty. They had their moments that are amazing and glorious, and they lived their dream, and I'm super happy for them. Um, and then simultaneously, how do you not just feel for them that at least at this moment it's come to an end, you know? Yeah, I mean, Slater too, man. We were just talking about him, how he's like, he's sort of a legend for for <laughs> just everything he did with the legends, you know? Like... This sucks. I hope this is the end of it, though. Like, I, I really do hope that um, when we're done here, you know, we don't have we don't have to do this again next week. Me too. I really don't want there to be more. Anyways, SGG was tough, man. Um, there's so many people there, you know, that we could go chapter and verse on the things they did. Um, Zach Ryder feels like one man that, like, because he got he got big on the internet. He he's one that people feel like WWE underutilized, um, and that there were points where he could go like into the main event that he was super over, and they just never. Never got behind him in a way that their fans felt like they should have, which, you know, I can see. I can definitely see that argument because he's another one that, like, you think about the Internet Championship and everything that he did with, oh, yeah, with he YouTube. Oh, yeah, he was super ahead of his time, man. Super duper ahead of his time. He really, he really, really did things that would sort of be a uh, preview of what was to come in the world. He, he, he was dope, man, and he had his moments, man. He won the ladder match at WrestleMania and won the IC title. He won the tag title last year with his best friend. Um, I interviewed them right after that happened. They were so happy. They had their families there. You know, also a lot of situations here. Think about how many couples were broken up, right? You have you have Sarah Logan. Yeah. You have uh, Chelsea Green and Zack Ryder. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. You have Lana and Rusev. Didn't even think about that. Is that it? I think so. It's, it's strange. It's strange. Anyways, um, I, we can't just sit here and I, I'll, I'll just sit around. If I just sit around going, man, depressing for an hour. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's like every other day of quarantine if I do that. So. You want to, um, should we hit so a little, should we go to the mailbag? I think we hit a little mail. I think it's time. We haven't done this in a long time. Mail. And mail there is. 
SGG a lot. Uh, where do you want to start? You have a place you want to start? Uh, I don't. Let's just dive right in. Um, someone, Brian says, hey guys, just got the news of the passing of Howard Finkel, saw JR's tweet about him ring announcing matches in heaven. Who would be the multi-man match in heaven for Fink to announce down the pearly white aisle? Mine would be Warrior Dusty Savage versus Rick Rude, Heel Andre with Heenan, and Roddy Piper. Brian in Baltimore. You're going Heel Piper, obviously. I mean, man, there are so many matches. There are, there might be better matches up there than there are down here. Yeah, I mean, for sure. I mean, listen, you get you get Randy Savage and Owen Hart up there. By the way, it's great too because with both of those guys, you could have them work heel or babyface. Yeah. So you I mean, fake. You could have you could have a tag match. You could have heel Owen, heel Savage. Um, who's another good? That type of heel to throw with them. There's so many greats. Mr. Perfect is up there. Uh, Rude is up there. How about you go? How about you go? Perfect Owen Savage. You know, against Babyface, Piper, Dusty. I mean, take your pick. Unfortunately, there are just so many greats. Yeah, it's unfortunately he has yeah. unfortunately he has a lot of options. Yeah, uh, but not, that's my pick though. If I if I have to make it official, I'm going. Um, I, I Randy Savage Owen Hart. I just want Randy to get his get his win back on Warrior after the disrespect with that foot on the chest. I need Savage. Yeah, I just need Savage. That's a good call. I just need Savage to get that win back. By the way, uh, SGG, I am on, on PlayStation these days, and I did last night download the WWE uh, 2K20. You want 2K20? 2K20, you know, 2K19, though. Is 20 not out? 20 is out. But wait, is 19 better? But, yeah, 20 has, like, some issues. 20 has problems. You think I should go? You think I should get 2K19? Well, you already got 20, so you don't need to go or go back and get 19. Wait, you don't? You can play either one against other people? Yeah. Oh, it doesn't okay. matter if you have nineteen or twenty; you can still play each other. Yeah, they both have the, the that capability. I, I don't know. I'm trying. SGG, let me tell you something. PlayStation is like learning friggin' German. It, it is. It is so ridiculous to come back at forty years old and buy a a a new video game system and be like, I'm gonna jump in and learn. Trying to play. Happening. Trying to play two NBA two K. What? Now, unfortunately, and you should get this SUG. This is this will be fun to play and hang out. And I wonder if we could play with four people. I think we could. And Dip's going to get it. You should get the club, the golf game. All right. <laughs> you I'll, coming back to play PlayStation is hilarious, though. I'll, I'll holler at Bryce. You have Bryce's contact, right? I do not. I'll, I'll holler at Bryce and see if I can get you the club, the 2K games. So we could play the golf game. The golf game's fun because you use your little um, controller joint, your little joystick. Yeah. Like it's the the way you operate, the smoothness and evenness with with which you operate the joystick is how you determine if your shot's good. 
So it's like a physical sort of act with your hand, you know what I'm saying, to make the shot work well, which is kind of fun. But I'll tell you this. How do you – have you played NBA 2K? Mm-mm. I suck. I, I played like years ago and I was just like this is – It's a lot. SG. There's games that are for me and there are games that are, that are not for me. Uh, well, if you guys want to add me, I can't guarantee I will play or know how to play. But my name is The Mage One, the <laughs> M-A-J-O-N-E, all one word. If you want to find me on there and add me, I can't guarantee I will know what the hell I'm doing, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know. By the way, uh, Eva Marie, do you follow Eva Marie? No. She needs to stop working out. Your Your body can't get more than perfect. Is that all she does on quarantine? That's all she does. Eva Marie does a lot of working out, period. But, like, I don't know if you can be more than perfect. It, it's insane. It just makes you feel like the biggest bum on earth. It, she never stops. Yeah, people like that irk me. Like, every, it's you're fine. You're, like, eat a carb, relax, have a Coke and a smile, just stop. I'm, I'm, like, hold on, SUG. I'm, I'm going to send you this video. <laughs> This is not, come on, bro. Especially, uh, SGG, look at this. This is like you on quarantine. And by the way, I love Eva Marie. Shout out to Eva Marie. I think she's a great person. I, I'm a, I'm a fan. I was bummed that things didn't work out. But SGG, just from a physical standpoint, I hope that goes through what I sent you. I mean, and I'm not, do you see what I just sent you? Yeah, like, come on. <laughs> I mean, okay, I get it. First You're... of all, where is that gym? Is that at her house? I think so. Or maybe it's in her building, but they left it open. Well, but listen, the pro- but the, the amount, problem. but the amount that her and her husband work out, I'm sure it's probably their gym. But my, it's, it's getting problematic at this point. Yeah, this is a lot. This is a lot. Um, anyways, um, so let's get to another message. Um, I like that we tried to get less depressing, and then the first email was of all the dead wrestlers. <laughs> but it was, at least it was something fun with the dead wrestlers, right? Like, yeah. Now here's Robert. Mail. Good day, Mage One and Statlist. There's been a lot of talk on the show recently about the Mount Rushmore of wrestling. I'd like to hear both of your thoughts on a broader concept of Mount Rushmore. I think someone like Bobby the Brain Heenan should be in the conversation, one of the greatest of all times. He was a very solid ring worker. Blah, 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 blah. And of course, great announcer. Additionally, Sensational Sherry doesn't get her due. Who are you, me? Robert, of all the people to say, you know who should be on the Mount Rushmore, Bobby Heenan and Sensational Sherry. It's like, it's like I wrote your email. Sensational Sherry doesn't get her due. I just did this a couple weeks ago. She doesn't, though. But didn't we just have that conversation? We did. I mean, I agree with Uh, him 100%, except here What's the date on this? What's the date on this? Was he... No, it was recent, April 15th. Um, So he's saying, though, instead of making it just the biggest of all time, you know, just the absolute best, and yeah, I agree, I would have Heenan and Sherry maybe in the four best talents of all time. I don't know if Sherry had enough of an in-ring career, but I mean, and but neither did Bobby. I mean, they both had limited. Sherry probably had, Sherry had more than Bobby did. So yeah, I, I, in terms of talents, they would be in the ultimate Mount Rushmore. Uh, and I got to tell you what, man, the problem is I'm such a broadcast fan that you might get away from the wrestling altogether, and then I put Gene Okerlund in there too because my God, he was good. Listen, man, it's it's not. And how about not reasonable? And by the way, if you're going to go that way, how about Gorilla Monsoon, who was over 
as hell as a wrestler. Now, granted, he wasn't some phenomenal in-ring talent that did crazy things, as far as he I know. He got world title matches, though. He got world title matches. Oh, no, he and, was... Like, people were legit. And, and by the way, go ask your your parents what wrestlers they've heard of and say Gorilla Monsoon. He was... Gorilla Monsoon was over. Fame on the East Coast, in, in the New York area, and surrounding in that territory, Gorilla Monsoon was a monster star, very popular... And then he's the best baby face commentator of all time. Yeah, which is which is crazy. He's to me to me, Gorilla is the best play by play guy of all time. I know I know you can argue JR and and, and I'm happy to have that argument because they're both amazing. But man, Gorilla's great. There it's a tough argument. They're both phenomenal. Um So that's gonna make that switch though is crazy from like Monster heel that everyone is terrified of. It's true. To super baby face, like, like when my dad would tell me how evil Lamont <laughs> Sud was, couldn't even picture it. And if I don't, if you don't go back and watch the tapes, you still can't. Like, mail. Oh, let's see. Keith says, "Hey Pete and SGG, hope you and your families are doing well. I know this puts you in an awkward spot being an employee of WWE, but." Florida deeming WWE essential business reeks of political corruption. Being a fan of your IG videos, telling people to stay inside. You have to agree this mandate puts a lot of people at risk. It feels like a, li- a live Raw or SmackDown is irrelevant and unnecessary. Uh, stay mage and stay healthy. Um, I understand and appreciate the message, and I talked about this a lot on the radio. Um, I, 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 yeah, I won't get into the political corruption part of it uh, for a, a lot of reasons, but I'll say this. I think the biggest problem that exist with things like the WWE continuing to be able to work in Florida, etc. I don't deem it to be a huge risk. Okay? Let, let me be clear. You can call me a hypocrite all you want. I'm fine with it. I'm cool with it. Understand that New York is the epicenter of the world in coronavirus. So when I get frustrated about strangers sitting around all day outside in a park together, and running by each other heavily breathing with strangers that you can't control in the epicenter across the street from my house, that makes me feel one way. When you're going to have a closed-set work environment in Orlando with people who you, you can potentially test and know each other and talk to, you're allowed to have a problem with that. I have no issue with it, but you can understand why I see that as different than loosely running through the epicenter with strangers. That's how I see it. Um, I, my only issue with the Florida situation is it being called essential. But guys, remember, they have also deemed liquor stores to be essential business. Are liquor stores essential business? You know, but I got a really good, I got a, my friend Rick DiPietro said it really well. He said, you might not call liquor stores and entertainment essential, but let's see how things go without liquor stores and entertainment. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know, SGG. I know I sound like a shill there, but I, I, I'm not. The word essential, I think, is I get why that's problematic. But for 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 some businesses like that that reach a ton of people to figure out a way to work, um, I certainly understand the concern around it, but it doesn't make me, you know, yell and scream. Yeah, the WWE thing is it does look kind of crazy, though. But you, you put up a message I didn't understand. Someone said, 
someone tweeted you something about like AEW not shutting down or something. And oh, because what, what was um, what was it again? So they were saying that AEW all their all their episodes have already been taped. So it's not that they're not shutting down; it's that everything's been taped. So what's being aired was already recorded. So nobody's like going in and doing anything. And then like everything that's coming out is already in the can. So it's like, there's nothing to shut down basically. Got it. So, all right, cool. But, but now, I mean, with them announcing that double or nothing is going to air scheduled, you know, my question is, is that already in the can or is that a thing where like, they're going to have to go in at some point, maybe even some point soon and record or how's that going to work? Because, I mean, listen, if this thing is going to keep getting crazier, then, then people need to slow down. I know that's easier said than done when I don't have any idea about, like, the contracts and the financial obligations and the precautions that have already been taken into account and this and that. Like, it's easy for me to sit in Philly at home and be like, everybody should be at home. But... um but yeah, if they're gonna just like start running shows again, even without an audience, that's that's problematic to me. Especially if you're gonna criticize WWE for doing the same thing. Like every we got the energy needs to be kept all around, and the energy is that we all need to slow down, shelter in place, let the government or let you know let the doctors figure out what the best way is to get everybody through this and then do that the doctors not like the economists and the people who are trying to get everybody back to work but let the doctors tell us when we should be doing this um that is the way that is the only way we're going to get there but um yeah i guess i have mixed feelings about all this stuff when it comes to people's uh businesses continuing in one way or another um and listen, ultimately the plan that we heard yesterday from the White House was that different states are going to have different rules depending on what's going on, um, which is ultimately the way I think it's going to have to be. My one concern around that, though, is there are places that appear to not be problematic yet that could then become problematic or not as everything's problematic, but uh, not as problematic that will then become problematic. You know, and that's the hard part. Right? Like, New York, you're obviously going to be like, well, we can't reopen New York, and we should, right. and we shouldn't. However, New York may just be a lot further along than other places. With the, see, the problem with the Trump plan is that, like, you can hardly even call it that. Like, you know, oh, different states having different rules is such a, such a, like, he said he didn't want any responsibility, and that's exactly what it is. Because in a non-pandemic situation, when, like, people don't need the federal government to, like, sort of step in and provide guidance that's just what it is different states have different rules he set himself up for it to be like for it to get worse and then for him to not take any of the responsibility for it by being like oh well the governor of jersey could have done this so like the governor of oregon could have done that like well yeah i don't listen i don't understand the entire logic of how we got here where it was all like I have all the authority, and it's like, no, no, you're all going to do it. But ultimately, I do believe the plan always should have been: we're going to, it's going to be case by case, and we're going to figure it out one by one. I just still think, and politics aside, 
that plan will inherently have flaws no matter what. But you also can't wait for the whole country to get better because we have no idea what that timeline looks like. So, listen, I feel very strongly politically right now. Um, I'm going to leave that off of this podcast. And I'll just say that this time, um, there are there's a way of communicating that I would have much preferred, much preferred. The 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 ultimate plan that it sounds like we're going to get here is probably where I think most would land. It still is dangerous. It's still going to be risky and and hard to see, but it does lend itself to a situation in which you may see things like what the WWE is already doing, which is in their particular location finding a way to, in theory, safely be able to work. So I understand people who are super bent out of shape about it and think it's insane. My my main thing is this. I sort of want WWE to go to tape just because I think they could do great programming on tape. I just feel that rather than being – like, here's the way I look at it. You could spend three or four days and tape 40 matches, right? Maybe more. 50, 60 matches. A lot of stuff to have. And then really be good for a few months because you spread those matches out with other content from the vault um, and other things surrounding it. You know, I think there's a lot of content they could do that would be dope that just doesn't need these matches. So let's uh, let's answer another real quick. Let's get to one more message here from Dave. Mail. Hey, guys, I recently noticed it's been a while since Asuka has used the green mist. I can only assume that coronavirus has negatively affected the magic mist supply chain because why else would someone stop using it? In light of this, I thought we could maybe provide her an alternate option. So what's your favorite illegal gimmick of all time and which one would fit Asuka best? Stay mage, Dave. Dave, it's obvious. First of all, two things. Number one, not only is the mist supply down, but how would it look to have someone spitting in someone's face right now? And also... I believe what she must go to then is the powder that you throw instead of the mist that you spit. SGG? No, I agree. The powder, the powder is the old, is the way. Um, although I didn't think about the, the coronavirus mist supply chain. It's, it definitely looks crazy, but you got to go the powder or maybe, maybe some brass knucks. Oscar's known for her striking. Um, she's a fierce striker. Big striker. So maybe some brass knucks uh, is the way to go to Oscar. That's an option. I don't but see her. I don't see her. I don't see her being a knucks girl. Oh no! Good timing. Uh, All right, guys. There are people coming into my apartment now to do annoying things. Um, I know anyone coming to my apartment right now is insane. Supposedly just one person, but my gas line has to get fixed. Um, RosenbergBeats at gmail.com. You can tweet us, Rosenberg Radio at Stack Guy Greg. This is perfect. The show ending with Bear just barking. SGG, <laughs> everyone be safe. And SGG, take it easy, man. Stay mage, Rosenberg. R.I.P. Fink. R.I.P. Yes. Coming! One of the key things that we used Howard for at WWE.com 
was his massive Rolodex. Whenever we wanted to get in touch with a talent, uh, usually of the past, uh, Howard would have their number. And it was much easier than just going through the, all of the bureaucracy of the company and talent relations. Howard would just call him up. And uh, we once used him to get in touch with Kevin Nash for a story. And uh, Kevin was uh, not happy uh, with the story that we wrote. And that's a story that, that I've told elsewhere, either on this podcast or other podcasts. But um, the way I found out that Kevin was not happy was he called Howard. And uh, Howard gets the call from Kevin Nash. Howard walks over to my desk, and I hear Howard behind me, and he goes, Uh, Zach, Mr. Nash is on the phone for you? So I was surprised and I walked over and I stood at Howard's Howard didn't know how to transfer calls over to my line so I stood at Howard's desk taking the call from Kevin Nash and Howard could tell from my end of the phone call as could everyone else in the office what was going on and Howard just sat there with this look on his face he felt so bad he felt guilty that he had caused this and it was just a testament to how how much he wanted to help but uh, how nice of a guy he truly was at heart ladies and gentlemen i the think howard finkel am a new inductee into wwe's hall of fame it's professional wrestling Wrestler in the history of the art form. Mutt, 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 Mitch.